welcome to another inspirational teaching by Pastor Jared Neiman, pastor of Abundant Living Faith Center. How fun is church today? I'll tell you what I can get used to. I can get used to jeans and t-shirts. You know what I'm saying? Like, am I allowed to just make that rule or is that too much change all at once? Am I allowed to make the pastor gets to wear jeans and t-shirts to church? Like, and ridiculous shoes with white sole. They're so comfortable though. And I'm not wearing a wool suit. It's gonna be 90 degrees today, man. I don't have to wear wool. Can I get an amen from the fellas who don't wanna wear wool suits in the summer? Like, who wants to do that? Turn in your Bibles to Philippians 4. We're starting a new series today called The Missing Piece. You can see behind me, yes, it is a play on words. I like to do that sometimes, just get your attention. It comes out of Philippians 4, verse 6 through 9. It's a very famous chapter in the Bible. It is personally my favorite chapter. It has maybe the second most famous scripture in the Bible after John 3.16, and that is Philippians 4.13, which says what? I can do all things through what? Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things, even survive praise and worship with balls bouncing around the room. You can do all things through Christ gives you, I'm just messing with you guys, you know what I'm saying? Some of y'all did get bonked on the head though, and you made it by the power of God, you know what I'm saying? I can do all things, isn't that beautiful? I can do all things, followed up by maybe the third most famous scripture in the Bible in verse 19 that says, and my God will what? Supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And then of course, there's Philippians four verse four that says rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice. You know, I just believe abundant living that when God repeats himself in one scripture, you know, maybe he's trying to get a point across. You know, like when you repeat yourself to your kids, you know what I'm saying? Pick up the toys. Pick up the toys. Can you tell this pastor has toddlers? He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord, abundant living faith center. And again, I say rejoice. And how is it that we can rejoice in the Lord always? Why? Because God is Good, not some of the time, all the time. And because he is good, his goodness and his mercy rains down on our lives morning, noon, and night. And we have been accepted into his family with our sins forgiven, eternity secured in heaven. And no matter what happens, we are children of the most high God and nothing can ever change that. And because of that, we can rise up at 1118 a.m. on a Sunday morning and rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice, rejoice in the Lord. Come on, can we get happy in the house of God? Rejoice in the Lord and the risers. 
And again, I said rejoice in the Lord. And again, rejoice in the Lord over there. And again. People. <sighs> Even when the storm's raging, when the storm's raging, you need to rejoice in the Lord. Even when the fire's burning, when the fire's burning, rejoice in the Lord. When the waves have rolled up, you stand there and look at those waves and you rejoice in the Lord. And again, and again, and again. Rejoice in the Lord always. Can you tell I'm excited? So the missing piece. Verse six, it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Listen, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So we're gonna start this series today on the missing piece. It's a very personal series to me. Uh, it's personal because for many years I lived without peace. And I heard that there was peace from God. I had read myself that there was peace from God. Except I didn't have it. For years in my life, high school, college, and a few years after, some of you have heard some bits and pieces of my testimony, but I struggled so mightily to have peace. I struggled with anxiety, with worry. I dipped into depression, not clinical or anything, but I had bouts of depression. I struggled incredibly with insomnia. I would go weeks without sleeping, more than an hour or two at night, always exhausted. And the crazy thing about insomnia is, is that all you think about is getting rest, but then all you fear is getting rest. Like you actually become afraid of going to bed. And it's this, anybody ever struggled with insomnia? Like, you know what I'm talking about. It's a horrible way to live. Well, I began to study the peace of God. And I can tell you that I have overcome all of those things. The reason I wanted to do a series on it is because it burdens me now as a pastor to see so many Christians not living in peace. If the Bible says there is peace from God, why is it that so many of us don't live in it? I would venture to say that every person in this room has had a sleepless night because your mind ran wild on you. I would venture to say that many people in this room have felt or even do feel today overburdened, overstressed, worried, Many of you struggle with anxiety, panic attacks, or depression. Some of you, it's all of the above. You're the multiple choice, you know, D, all of the above. <laughs> I used to answer that all the time. Uh, if it had D, all of the above, I answered it. It really threw me off if, if it then had E, none of the above. And I was like, dude, <laughs> teacher, why you got to mess with me like that? Because I could argue anything either way. I could argue that they were all right and all wrong, you know? Uh, but many of you struggle and you live without peace. 
But the Bible then says that there is a peace from God that is so great that it is beyond even your comprehension. Here's what's wild. I would live without peace, but then there were times in my life that I experienced a peace from God that I couldn't even explain to people. I remember when my mom got diagnosed and got sick. One night we were at the hospital and the doctor asked my dad to speak with him. Little did he know that I was eavesdropping on the conversation. I went and like stood behind this curtain. And it was the night that the doctor told my dad, there's nothing else that we can do. And I remember standing there knowing that she was gonna go to heaven. Now it might be a week or two months or three months or whatever, but I knew after hearing the doctor that she was gonna go to heaven. From that moment forward though, something happened in my life. And this peace and strength came into my life. And I, myself, my dad, my sister, and it's not like we were absent of sorrow or crying or sadness or disappointment. Of course it was there. Many of you were here during that time. You saw it. But you also saw a certain strength and peace that God anointed us with to lead our families and lead the church through the situation. People would even comment to me in the months afterwards, you know, Jared, it was like something went on and you just had a strength and a focus and a determination. I go, yeah, I know, and I couldn't explain it. I couldn't even explain it to myself. You know what it was? It was the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. But I want to know how I can have that every day, not just sometimes, but every day of my life. Why? Because look what it says. And the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, listen, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. In this series, we are going to look at what the peace of God is, but we are also going to look at how to use the peace of God. Now, you need to understand, the peace of God, did you see what it said? It will guard your heart and mind. See, the peace of God is a weapon given to you by God to use as your defense system against the attack of the enemy to guard your heart and your mind. Most people think of peace as, uh, right? Like that's peace, right? Like, uh, Cancun. <laughs> oh, the beach. With a virgin margarita. <laughs> I'll see you up there in the risers too. With a virgin daiquiri. Nobody says amen. <laughs> See, we think of peace as, oh, the kids are asleep. <laughs> Jesus is shutting your mouth. Everybody be quiet. The two-year-old is asleep. Shh. You know what I'm saying, right? Turn the TV down. Use your whisper voice. The baby is asleep. And when you have babies, 
your entire goal in life is to not wake them up. <laughs> Some of y'all don't have babies anymore, but you remember. We think of it as that, but guys, it is that. That is peace, but peace is so much more. It is so much more, including being the weapon that God gave you to use as your defense system to protect your heart and to guard your mind. Amen? Amen. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go macro to micro. That's how my mind works. I'm a macro to micro guy. I go big to the small. So today we're looking at the big, okay? We're going to look at what peace is. The next three weeks, we will break it down, and I will actually teach you how to use the peace of God to guard your heart and mind. And I am telling you, I know this as a fact, many of you, in three weeks' time, you will not suffer from depression anymore. Anxiety and panic attacks, you will be freed from them. Some of you are going to reach out to your friends and family members who suffer from it. You're going to bring them to church. And freedom is going to come into your heart and mind, into your family members' mind. How do I know it? Because I taught this on the West Side two months ago, and I have a stack of emails from people who overcame anxiety, who overcame panic attacks, that depression was lifted off of their lives. Why? Because God gave you his peace to guard your heart and mind. See, I used to hate this scripture. Be anxious for nothing. Are you kidding me, Lord? <laughs> nothing? be like I'm anxious about everything in the message bible it says don't fret or worry I remember reading it one time and I started fretting and worrying about not being able to not fret or worry <laughs> I was like I don't know how to not fret I don't know how to not worry how am I supposed to do that and now I'm worried about not being able to not worry I'm disobeying the Lord but in the next three weeks you will know how and you will know how to apply the peace of God to your life. And I am telling you, there will be a renewed sense of peace in your life. Marriages will be restored because peace will hit your family. You will wake up with a new sense of hope, a new sense of joy. Panic will be lifted off of your life. Burdens of anxiety and depression will be lifted off of your shoulder. And in the next few weeks, you will leave that that uh, tribulation, that uh, trouble here at the throne room of God and it will not go with you home. It will not go to work with you anymore. You will not carry it into your family and you will not pass it on to those kids. You should be more excited about that. Turn with me to Luke chapter two. Another famous piece of scripture, Matthew, Mark, Luke. So this is the night Jesus was born. It says in verse 11, for there is born to you a day in the, this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, what does it say? Peace and goodwill toward men. You know, I find this amazing, church. When you think 
that by the command of our heavenly father, the angels on the night Jesus was born declared peace on earth. Do you understand that God the Father could have commanded the angels to proclaim anything? Right? How many of we know the angels would have proclaimed whatever the Father told them to proclaim? Amen? And the God of all heaven and earth, of all the stars, the sand, the beach, the animals, the children of God, this God decided one thing to proclaim. And he said, angels, my son has arrived. And you go tell the earth that because he has shown up, peace and goodwill are coming towards them from me. He could have said love. He could have said faith. He could have used any word from any language to proclaim. But he chose to proclaim peace on earth toward men. Now, you know us demons, right? We always encourage you to pay attention to words. It says toward men. It does not say amongst men. Obviously, there is not peace amongst men, right? There has been war in the earth. There's war in the earth right now. I mean, this dude in North Korea is like begging for it, right? I mean, he's just begging to get like wiped off the map. You know what I'm saying? It's like, homie, just shut up. Like, stop trying to pick a fight. Like, we got really big bombs. Like, you're gonna just wash away into the ocean. Stop, dude, you know? There's racism. I'd say racism is as, is as bad or worse now than it's ever been. Right? Right? You know, there's more slavery on the earth today than there has ever been. There's, at times, economic tur turmoil. America's not technically at war anymore, but, I mean, we still got troops in Syria and Afghanistan and all that, right? So it's not peace amongst men. It's peace toward men. Now, Listen to what the word toward means in the, literal in the literal text. The word toward means from God to his children, listen, and will remain in place forever. Amen. That means, church, that no matter where you are in life, no matter what's going on, no matter how good, bad, or ugly you may have been, no matter what you've done, where you've been, if whether the storm is raging or the raging or the sun is shining, you as a child of God, from him towards you is peace and goodwill and nothing that you can do, nothing your family can do, nothing your boss can do, nothing the government can do, nothing society can do can change your reality that from your heavenly father to you today at 11.34 a.m. and for the rest of your life, morning, noon, and night, every day, every week, every month, and every year till you die and for eternity from your heavenly father to you is peace and goodwill and ain't nobody gonna change it. Oh, praise the Lord. See, here's what happened. When Jesus hit the earth, everything changed. 
so to speak, he flipped the switch. See, before Jesus, there was separation. Before Jesus, there was frustration between God and man. Before Jesus, there was no relationship. Before Jesus, there was no forgiveness of sin. Before Jesus, there was blessing and cursing. Before Jesus, there was law. Before Jesus, there was no forgiveness. Before Jesus, there was no personal connection. Right? There was frustration. There was separation. But Jesus hit the earth. And the moment he hit the earth, God said, now it's all different. It's all changed. And 33 years later, Jesus freely went onto that cross and died on that cross to secure the peace that God proclaimed for you for eternity. So that any person could come in and not be frustrated, not be disconnected. No, you could come in and accept Jesus as a relationship and make him your Lord and you could have a, a personal connection to your heavenly father and you could receive from him. He could lead you and guide you. He would forgive you. He would secure you for eternity in heaven. See, Jesus flipped the switch. He changed everything. Upon his arrival, God said, now there is peace. Amen. Not turmoil, peace. So then that begs the question, well, what the heck is peace? And how do I get it? Because I don't know about you. I've lived in peace and I've lived in chaos and peace is a lot better. I've lived in light and I've lived in darkness and living in the light is a lot better than the darkness. I've lived in chaos and I've lived in order and order is way better than the chaos. Amen? So what's peace? The first definition of peace, listen, the first definition of the word peace from Philippians 4 is this. It means tranquility of heart and mind arising from reconciliation with God and living with a divine sense of favor from God. Let me say it again. Tranquility, peace, calmness of your mind and your heart. And what did it say in Philippians 4? It will guard your heart and mind. Tranquility of heart and mind arising from reconciliation with God, therefore allowing you to live with a divine sense of favor from God. Tranquility of your heart and your mind. Isn't it amazing that we keep coming back to your heart and your mind? Why is that? Well, What's your heart? Your heart is who you really are, right? Your heart is your passions, your convictions, your beliefs, right? It's your excitement, it's your hope, it's your faith, it's what you believe, it's who you really are. And all of your dreams and what you stand for rests in your heart. You don't wanna know what else sits in your heart? Your insecurities, your doubts your failures, your disappointments, the shame, the regret, the guilt of the past, guess where that all sits? In your heart. And the Bible says in Proverbs, above all else, guard your heart, for out of it flows the issues of your life. Above all else, guard your heart. See, from your heart springs the issues of your life. And that's why the Bible says, guard your heart, and I'll give you tranquility for your heart through my peace, to guard it. Why? Because it determines the issues of your life. The other thing it says it'll protect is your mind. Your mind. 
How many of you know your mind can run wild on you? I mean like, you're walking down the hall at work and one person says one thing to you with the wrong tone and I mean now you're driving home, banging the steering wheel, mad, you walk in the house, you've gone a little crazy on the freeway, you pick a fight with your husband, your husband's like, who is this woman? Starts snapping at the kids. Three days later, we're still fighting. All because we let our mind go crazy because of one person. Right? How many of you laid at bed at night and your mind took you places? No, I'm the only one. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying, right? Like one little thing changes and you're laying in bed at night and 15 minutes later, you crazy. And your wife's like, what are you talking about? Go to sleep. I picture Jesus up there like, boy, that ain't gonna happen. But you know what I'm saying? It's amazing what happens when the sun goes down, right? Like you can get crazy. Like hashtag cray, 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 cray. Like in your mind just And you nuts. I mean like, Convince yourself of stuff that couldn't happen even if you tried to make it happen. But boy, you can lay in bed and the devil will take you as far as you're willing to go. But God says, I've got this tranquility for you. Coming out of my reconciliation. See, the key to your peace is that you've been reconciled with God. See, so often, you live in turmoil in your heart and mind because of stuff that's happened. And the enemy, see you have to understand, there is a daily battle going on between God and the enemy for rule of your heart and mind. And God says that you are victorious, that you're the head, that you're blessed, that you have favor. God says that he gave you faith to overcome anything that the enemy could bring against your life. God says you've been reconciled and that you now stand in right standing with him. Amen. What does that mean? It's see, in the, in the, the, the Bible uses the word righteousness. It means that you've been made right before God. And that means that all the sin, all the shame, everything from your past has been washed away by God, which allows you to then wash it away. And those mistakes that you made five years ago, 10 years ago, that have been keeping you up at night and making you feel unworthy and making you feel unloved and making you feel ashamed and living in regret and living in darkness, you then can accept your right standing with God and say, I am not who I used to be. I will not live in that. I am not that person. Yes, I was a failure. Yes, I messed up. Yes, I made mistakes. But I am a child of the Most High God now. And He has forgiven me for that. And Jesus paid the price. See, the Bible speaks of righteousness as a gift given unto you by God. Romans 5, verse 17, it says, accept the gift of right standing. You know the beautiful thing about a gift? You didn't pay for it. Jesus paid for it. 
on the cross. And what did he say while he was on the cross? It is paid in full. And so now you can be ruled by tranquility in your heart and mind instead of by what happened. And because you are now in right standing, the second definition of it means that you get to build your life on what is right about God and not what was wrong with you. And you allow God to rule your heart and mind. And you allow what he says about your life to rule your heart and mind. And not what the enemy says. Not what the anxiety says. Not what the worry says. No. You say, you know that God says nothing will be brought into your path. That my grace won't empower you to overcome it. I will lead you to doors no man can shut. I will open doors no man can open. I've given you hope knowing that you have a positive expectation. Jesus Christ paid the price and the devil is defeated and by the power of the name which is above every other name, you can overcome and my grace is on the inside of you. My divine favor, my empowerment is there and you will succeed. You have the mind of Christ. Your my wisdom abounds towards you in every area of your life and when the worry comes and the darkness comes and the anxieties comes, you say no, that is not who I am. I am a child of the Most High God, and I will live with a divine sense of favor from God. And what is God's favor? God's favor is His grace. His unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor. And every day of your life, His favor, Romans 5, 17, also says, abounds towards you. See, and when you know that you stand right with him, you can wake up every morning knowing that his favor is with you. But listen to me, when God declared peace on earth, he declared grace to be on you. It says tranquility to live with a sense of divine favor. So when the angels declared peace, they declared favor. And nothing can change the fact that you have favor. Did you know that because of this, it gives no Christian an excuse to ever be a pessimist? Not one of us should walk around being a pessimist. Why? Because we live with a divine sense of favor from God and with God. Well, I'm just keeping it real. Oh, really? Good for you, buddy. Thanks, Captain Obvious. There's problems in the world. Thanks for pointing them out. We really needed you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like anybody needs other people to point out problems? You know? What we need is people to point out solutions, to point people to Jesus. Stop being negative and wake up tomorrow morning knowing that you walk with favor from God, that you are accepted into his family and nothing can change that. Amen? Number two, the second definition is this. It means health, welfare, prosperity, and every kind of good. Health, health of what? Spirit, soul, and body. Welfare, what does welfare mean? Good stuff, living well. Prosperity, yes, God wants you to prosper. Well, you know, Jaron, I just don't believe in that whole prosperity gospel. Why don't you start reading your Bible, homie? Because God wants you to prosper. The asterisk is why. It's why he wants you to prosper. 
He wants you to prosper for you, to enjoy it, to take care of your family, to live in health and welfare. But he also wants you to prosper, Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the advancement of the kingdom of God. He wants to prosper you so you'll advance the kingdom of God. He wants to prosper you so that the people around you see his good works, his grace, and his mercy on your life, and they see Jesus through you. He wants you to prosper you because of Genesis 12, verse 2, you are blessed too. But make no mistake, God wants to prosper you. Praise the Lord. Health, welfare, prosperity, and every kind of good. If it ain't good, it ain't from God. So the, the angels that night declared tranquility of heart and mind, given the right to live with a divine sense of favor, and they declared health, welfare, prosperity, and every kind of good. Health, welfare, prosperity, and every kind of good. Health, welfare, prosperity, and every kind of good. Why are you being so redundant, Jared? Because I want you to get in your mind where you stand with your heavenly Father. And from God to you, today and for the rest of your life, He is sending toward you health, welfare, prosperity, and every kind of good. Health, welfare, prosperity, and every kind of good. Why don't you say it with me? Health, welfare, prosperity, and every kind of good. Health, welfare, prosperity, and every kind of good. Now say it like you believe it. Health, welfare, prosperity, and every kind of good. Rejoice in the Lord always. Come on, Abundant Living Faith Center. Tranquility, favor, health, welfare, prosperity, and every kind of good. Every day of your life. From God towards you. And ain't nothing nobody can do to change that mood from him to you. Health. Turn with me to Romans 5, verse 1. That's good, huh? I mean, how good is God? Where's Romans? I got so excited, I don't even know where Romans is. There it is. Now it's just going to go to another level. Watch this. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So now, it says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. That word justified has a couple meanings. It's, it means acquitted. It means given right standing, but also, guess what it means? It means given the right to proclaim what is yours in Christ Jesus. And because you've been given the right through your faith, you have peace with God. See, simply put, if God said it about you, you've been given the right to proclaim it. And if he said that you're strong, then you've been given the right to declare you're strong. If he said you're forgiven, then I'm forgiven. If he said I'm healed, 
then I'm healed. If he said I am a child of the Most High, then I'm a child of the Most High. If he said I'm restored, then I declare I'm restored. If he said I can do all things, then I declare I can do all things, not some things, all things. If he declared my needs will be met, then I declare my needs will be met. If he declared that love, joy, peace, and happiness can abound in my family, then I declare love, joy, peace, and happiness will abound in my family. If he said health, welfare, prosperity, and every kind of good is coming into my life, then I say no to sickness. I say no to poverty. I say no to lack. I say no to hatred. I say no to bad things. And I say yes, Lord, to health, welfare, prosperity, and every kind of good. Because I'm a child of the Most High God. And I've been given the right to proclaim what he proclaimed about me and my wife and my kids and my church and my city. Health. Welfare, prosperity, and every kind of good. I won't stand for bad things. If the devil tries to bring bad in my life, I'm going to fight you, devil, because that's not from God. And I've been given the victory over you because greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I'm not going to lay in bed in turmoil. I'm not going to stay up all night. I'm going to bed in peace because I can do all things. I've got a positive expectation for my future because God's on my side. See that word peace there in Romans 5, it changes. You know what it means there? It means the end of hostility. See now a lot of you old school abundant livingers, you know that God ain't mad at you. But you know, we always have new people in our church. And I'm here to tell you today, God ain't mad at you. He's not out to get you. I know you heard a preacher on TV say God's trying to break you to make you. He ain't trying to break you, he's only trying to make you. The devil trying to break you. You might be trying to break you, because you've been a little crazy. But God ain't trying to break you. God is madly in love with you. And from the moment Jesus arrived on the planet, he declared over you tranquility. He declared over you favor. He declared over you health, welfare, prosperity, and every kind of good. And it says he is not mad at you, which coincides with the scripture that said he poured out all his wrath on Jesus on the cross. Somebody told you that God's trying to get you, that maybe because you've been bad, that you're cursed or something. And the Bible says Jesus bore the curse on the cross so that the God of heaven would open up the windows of heaven and pour out his blessing onto your life. There's no curse. God's not against you. God's for you. He's on your side and he ain't mad at you. Praise the Lord. Guys, this is the appetizer, y'all. You wait till next week. <laughs> Romans 15, verse... Oh, boy. I don't have time. Romans 15, verse 13. It says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in your believing that you may abound in hope 
So now we see here that God connects your hope and your faith to your peace. Did you see it? May the God of hope, a positive expectation, fill you with joy. That word joy means exuberance, exaltation, and good cheer. Simply put, God wants you to be happy. And you know how you can be happy? When you have hope. Lose your hope, guess what you lose? Your joy and your peace. Why? Hope is a positive expectation. And when you have a positive expectation, you have joy. And you have peace because you know things are going to work out. When you lose your hope, what comes? Negativity, anxiety, and worry. You lose your hope, you lose your peace. You lose your hope, you lose your faith. Why? Because faith is the substance of things hoped for. But you know what else faith is? Faith is the overcoming power of the, of, the, of the realm of God to give you the victory over anything the world can bring against you. So the God of hope abounds joy and peace toward your life. And then skip down to verse 33 and it says, now the God of peace be with you always. Stand to your feet with me. Here's what's amazing. I discovered that everywhere, don't leave, service isn't over. I discovered that everywhere where the Apostle Paul finished a chapter that said, and he said, may the God of peace be with you always, the definition changes again. And there and only there, the definition of peace changes. It says, may the God who is the author of all blessing be with you always. Listen, the Bible says the windows of heaven are open and his blessing has been poured out onto you. The moment Jesus arrived on the planet, God proclaimed that all his blessing, but what did he proclaim? His peace would be on your life. And under the banner of his peace is all of his blessing, meaning that all his promises are yes and amen for your life. And how can, listen, how can the God of all blessing, the God of all peace be with you always? Why? Because he anointed his son as the prince of peace. And his son lives on the inside of you. And where his son is, all of his power and might is with him also. So every day, every moment of your life as a child of God, the prince of tranquility, the prince of favor, the prince of health, the prince of welfare, the prince of good things, the prince of prosperity, the prince of all blessing, the prince of the end of hostility resides in you. And everywhere you go, the prince of peace is inside of you and from his father towards you is everything that comes with his blessing. Would you lift your hands? We're gonna worship for a moment. Church, lift your hands towards heaven. Let me pray for you. You can stop in the aisles. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. But mostly, Lord, we thank you for your peace. We thank you and we receive it today, Lord. We receive tranquility of our hearts and minds. 
We receive that we walk in favor with you. And by faith we declare that we are healthy, that we are living well, that we are prosperous, and that good things are coming into our lives. Lord, we know that you are for us and not against us. And all your blessing has been added unto our lives. So Lord, if you said it, we declare that we have it. And we rebuke anxiety. We rebuke panic. We rebuke worry and fear and depression. And we say no more. No more will you rob us of the peace that you, Lord, have declared over our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Are you glad you came to church today? Praise the Lord. Hey. Thank you for joining us. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. For information on teaching material or questions about our church, please visit us at alfc.com.